Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. This is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Hey, let's get right to it. A lot happening with the Ohio State Buckeyes. They get into the college football playoff as the four seed. They will play Georgia on New Year's Eve at 8 p.m. at the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, Michigan against TCU in the earlier game that day. News coming out today, Jackson Smith and Jigba will not play. He's uh, been injured all year, so he's shutting it down completely, going to the NFL draft, and it looks like Kevin Wilson, offensive coordinator, going to take the head coaching job at Tulsa. Let's kind of get the the thoughts on all of these movements today from one of the outstanding Buckeye beat reporters for over four decades at the Columbus Dispatch, now at Letterman Row. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore May Sports. He is Tim May. How are you today, Tim? Road Warrior, I'm doing extremely well. Life keeps moving, man. Jackson Smith and Jigba, no big surprise at all. He hasn't played for the Buckeyes. Since the Iowa game, uh, <clears throat> a brief appearance, we expected this sooner rather than sooner or later. We expected this announcement from him. Uh, hasn't really gotten past uh, where he feels comfortable with that hamstring injury, and uh, now gets ready for the draft. <coughs> Excuse me, Kevin Wilson. Not not a big surprise, slight surprise. Tulsa uh, pulls the trigger and hires uh, Kevin Wilson. One of my favorite guys I've ever dealt with from an assistant coaching standpoint and also from a head coaching standpoint. Guy used to used to go to Big Ten meetings and talk to him all the time. And uh, when he was at Indiana, because I like the way he ran ran that offense there, ran things at Indiana. And, of course, he'd had the, the background being in Oklahoma with Bob Stoops and then before that with Randy Walker at Northwestern. Always have admired uh, uh, Kevin Wilson, his interactions with us. Have always been uh, memorable, meaning with the media, great conversationalist, et cetera. So uh, that's my summation on what uh, you just announced. Hey, with Kevin Wilson, do we know, Tim, is he going to stay with the team through the college football playoffs, or will he leave immediately? That, has, that hasn't been exactly uh, ironed out the way I understand it. Uh, we'll see. I think he's going to be announced formally <coughs> Excuse me, at Tulsa tomorrow uh the way i understand it uh uh obviously this, this has precedent tom herman got named the head coach at the university of houston uh in the interim between the end of the 2014 regular season and then when they played alabama and he stayed on as the offensive coordinator for the buckeyes all the way to that national championship before moving uh full-time down to houston uh, so we'll see how that goes i mean you know, anybody that knows Ohio State football at the moment knows that uh, Ryan Day is ipso facto at the top of the pyramid when it comes to the offensive staff room. And uh, he's got some capable guys under him in that regard, not the least of whom is Kevin Wilson, but also uh, uh, Brian Hartline, um, uh, Justin Fry's been an offensive coordinator at, uh, you know, before he came, came to Ohio State as the offensive line coach, and uh, Tony Alford. So he's got some capable guys there 
to lean on, uh, you know, to, to get them through this game and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Wilson's input will be missed. That's for darn sure. Seem to remember, you know, he's been with the program six years now. When he was at Indiana, oh, yeah. and you mentioned it, that offense was wide open. What really is his role? And you said, you know, Ryan Day at the top of the list there offensively. But, I mean, what's the role of an offensive coordinator when you really don't call the plays? Well, you're a, a collator uh, for one of another term. You're the guy that kind of – and I'll be honest with you guys. No, we don't really totally understand all the workings mm. of the Ohio State offensive staff room. Uh, but usually the coordinator – I remember when Jim Bowman was the offensive coordinator – for Jim Trussell, uh, Jim Trussell called the plays. Jim Trussell was, in essence, the offensive coordinator uh, when he was at Ohio State. <clears throat> but uh, you've got to have that guy that puts it all together, that puts all all the ideas together and, and in essence, filters them to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, the way I understand it, Kevin Wilson ran the meetings in the offensive room, but everybody had input, including uh, Ryan Day, into what direction they would go. Of course, usually the the head coach has the final say no matter what anyway. But uh, uh, Kevin Wilson, just his experience and the, the teams he's been, he's been around and his coaching ability, uh, there's no way it won't be missed. You know, We'll see how they juggle things. Most of us expect the Brian Hartline to probably now move up and po- po- probably possibly become the offensive coordinator and uh, – I'm talking about down the road, mm. and uh, but we'll see uh, after that. We'll see how what Ryan Day wants to do. He's not Ryan Day has not called a press conference to announce his uh, his uh, uh, plans. I was trying We're to make a smart to... word to say there and couldn't think of it. <laughs> We're happy to have Tim May with us talking Ohio State football. All right, that's the news of the day, Tim. The news of yesterday was whether or not they would get in, and the committee selected them as the number four seed. So that means they're going up against Georgia in the semifinals on December 31st, 8 o'clock in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. Tim, was there any doubt once USC lost that the Buckeyes were going to get in yesterday? No, I was going to say, Roadmaster. I mean, that would sit, that seems almost long ago when that happened, and it was noon yesterday, right? But right as soon as Utah made its comeback and then pulled away from USC, anybody could see what was going to happen. I mean, this the noise coming out of Tuscaloosa uh, was almost deafening, but it was it was they might as well have been screaming at the ocean. I'm talking about Nick Saban and his group. Alabama had two losses this year; could have had two more to set the record straight with Nick Saban. And uh, their their quality win, their best quality win, the Crimson Tide's best quality win, was against a mediocre Texas team way back in September. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's best quality win just uh, was against Penn State with that great fourth-quarter comeback at Penn State. Uh, obviously, the committee held the Big Ten East in high esteem this year when you consider Michigan and Ohio State both made the college football playoffs and Penn State, I think, it wound up seventh in their final rankings. Wow. Three of the top seven teams uh, in the final rankings of the CFP, I think, says a lot about the Big Ten East. Tim, last week was a tough one for us. We're sitting there wondering, okay, we're going to go to a meaningless bowl game. I don't care which one. You can take your pick, whether it's going to be Orange or Rose Bowl. It wouldn't have mattered. So the thing that kept creeping under our minds is Jackson Smith and Jim Plyer won't play. C.J. Stroud probably won't play. When we think about the college football playoff, now being a huge underdog, seven points is a pretty decent size. 
Do you think that there'll be any other players that might want to side uh, step uh, playing in this college football playoff, or, or do you think we get a little bit healthy, we go at this sucker full strength? No, oh, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to step away from it because they don't want to get hurt. I mean, that's why you step away from these kind of games from a Jeopardy standpoint. That's why uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave opted not to play in the Rose Bowl and uh, gave ended up being the great platform for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I I haven't heard of anybody stepping out and not playing in a college football playoff game, though. It's, I don't think that's ever happened uh, from the standpoint of a health, health uh, jeopardy situation. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is amazing what being number four in the college football playoff rankings and being number five probably meant to who was going to play in, in whatever bowl game Ohio State ended up playing in. I don't know if I'd call uh, any kind of – New Year's Six game meaningless from the standpoint of yeah it doesn't count in a in a playoff sense but the reason we were talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba and even C.J. Stroud as hard as we were uh, the you know the, the in the eight months leading up to the start of this season was because of what happened in the Rose Bowl record breaking performances by both so uh, but yeah this is what's going to be interesting is when the <clears throat> When the 12-team format rolls in and you have the possibility of playing four playoff intense games, whether guys are going to opt out of that, because that's where you can really get busted up. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure people have looked at that aspect of it yet, because well, I remember when they put, when they put out the, the 12-team format uh, way back when, the uh, – the guys who were on the press conference that night, one of them almost laughed at anybody playing four games because they don't expect a, a team that plays necessarily in the first round to get all the way to the championship game. Well, that team could be the fifth. That team could be the uh, fifth ranked team in that in that uh, in your rankings and could have definitely as much capability of getting to the championship game as the number four team or the number three team. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a that's a conversation. Uh, on the Roadmaster Road Warrior show for another day. <laughs> Tim May is our guest, outstanding Buckeyes beat reporter. Find him now at lettermanroad.com on Twitter at Tim underscore May Sports. And he has an outstanding podcast. You and Herb are podcasting together. Uh, how much fun yeah. are you having with that? Well, we, I do two a week. I do my own podcast, the Tim May podcast. And then, <laughs> as our portrait, I do Urban's Take with Tim May uh, every Wednesday. <laughs> He wanted to do it, and uh, I said, heck, yeah, man, let's do it. Because, you know, the guy knows a lot of football, and no matter what you think about Urban Meyer, he's won three national championships. He knows how to win a national championship. He knows how to build a uh, championship-caliber program. And uh, it's been a slice, man, because uh, he, and I've always, he and I have always seen the right way. For some reason, others haven't But uh, with him. But in his time when he was the head coach at Ohio State, I mean, he never – he never gave any media guy I know a hard time to go. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Life was built off of like one or two episodes in his in his career, and uh, that's unfortunate. But I very much enjoyed that. But like this week on my podcast, I got former Ohio State uh, quarterback Donald Washington was on that 2017 that after it got beat by Illinois was out of the running, right, for the BCS title game. Next thing you know, two weeks later, chaos ensued, mm-hmm. and they're in, they were in it. Of course, they got beat by LSU that year, what, 38-24, uh, what a crazy game that was. But 
you know, this is the first time you've seen people get in the back door of anything if you follow my drift. Absolutely. We won one coming in number four, too. You know, I guess my biggest concern is what does Ryan Day learn from the loss at Michigan, and can things be corrected? This discipline problem, that's a big problem for me. Can they get that straightened out? Uh, what do you, what, what, Penalties. Are you, just, are, are you referring to the the guy that head bumped? Yeah, I mean, just, you know. Stupid penalties, 10, 9 for wrong. 91. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, two games. Yeah, yeah two games. Do... Tim, how about this? Two games against Michigan the last two years, they had 176 yards in penalties. You're not going to beat yeah. that team if you do stupid stuff like that. That's what JT's referencing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I understand what he's driving. Just moment to make, make sure there was a <coughs> there was a deer swing jumping off, you know, illegal procedure penalty and right. uh, and a possible pass interference. But by the way, never agreed with that pass interference call against Ronnie Hickman in the back of the end zone, which mm-hmm. prolonged the drive for Michigan. And they got their their touchdown, that rushing touchdown from J.J. McCarthy because the guy was on the back and you're just standing there and he kind of jumps into you. But but my point is, yeah, without a doubt, they've got to they got to address that. Uh, Ryan, um, in essence, said they want to play loose in this game coming up uh, yesterday. They want to get after it. And when I broached him on, uh, you know, whatever what, what criticism. In the meantime, has bugged you since that game, you know, the timid play calling, which, I, I, by the way, I don't totally agree with, but there are all these things thrown out there. <laughs> I mean, when you go for it on fourth and two and throw a seam route to your tight end, he gets his hands on the ball but can't catch it. That's not timid play calling. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but I digress. Bottom line is, yeah, there's a lot of things he wants to address with this team between now and then. They've got what it, what it, what it, uh, amounts to a preseason camp to uh, kind of fix some things that were not right with that team at the end of the year. But, you know, what they really need to fix, and it's almost like you can't fix it because it's almost like lightning striking, except it struck five times. You, 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 You can't give up five incendiary plays, like I like I call them, for touchdowns, five touchdown play, five of Michigan's Six touchdowns came on plays that totaled more than 350 yards. Right. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that and beat anybody. It's almost like giving up pick sixes, you know? And uh, they've got to get that fixed, and they've got to score more points. He kind of bristled at that a little bit, too, when I asked him about that yesterday. Their three losses the last three years were to Oregon, Michigan, and Michigan again. Three games where they scored less than 30 points well below their average, uh, the offense was as much to blame as the defense uh, a week and a half ago. Tim, as we look at this matchup, do you think they match up better against Georgia, or would they have matched up better uh, against Michigan a second time, in your opinion? I thought they matched up well against Michigan the first time. It's just Michigan hit those big plays, which changed everything. Uh, and, and, and they hey, they hit those plays. Right. Don't. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's not like they were said here and run to the end zone, although it looked like that on a couple of them. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think they match up. I'm, I'm watching that game the other night, and, you know, my big line about when you get to the college football playoff, you've not only got to be willing to throw the ball, you've got to throw the ball. And this is a team quite capable of throwing the ball on anybody, in my opinion. And you look at uh, Georgia – and 
they knock uh, uh, LSU's number one quarterback out, obviously, in that game. And But LSU still throws for more than 500 yards against them. They just had some unfortunate circumstances uh, go against them in that game. Uh, I'm talking about LSU did when uh, Georgia took the, you know, basically took took it by the, took it by the, uh, I'm trying to think of something that's not dirty there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, when, when Georgia took control, let's put it that way. Yeah. But, All right. uh, yeah. Ohio State has the capability of beating Georgia without a doubt. But do they have to play a perfect game to do so? See, here's no, where I think hell they, no. that, see, I think they do Tim. Cause here's why. I think Michigan and Georgia play four full quarters. The Buckeyes do not, and I think both of those teams are more physical than the Buckeyes. And if it's close, Ohio State loses to either team in the fourth quarter because of their lack of physicality. That's my opinion. Wow. Okay. Well, I I disagree. Um, okay. I don't know another way to put it other than that. I think Ohio State, the interesting thing is Ohio State won three games this year in the fourth quarter. They just didn't get it done against Michigan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Those two long touchdown runs are still, I'm sure, sure running over and over in Jim Knowles' mind, the defensive coordinator, along with the uh, the three ridiculous pass plays that Michigan hit. Um, but uh, you just can't give up the big – what you can't do is you can't give up the big play. You can't give up – you can't give up the big play, but you definitely can't give up five of them and beat anybody. And that's what Ohio State did against Michigan. I think Ohio State matches up pretty well with Georgia. You got to withstand that in, that initial violence that Georgia brings with its defense, especially its defensive front. If you can withstand that the first quarter, I think you can play with them because you saw LSU play with them hmm. the other night. Even though they got to be fifty to twenty, there were times in that game where LSU held its own and threw the ball down the field and made big uh, made big pass plays. And I'm not talking about when Georgia was in prevent or something. So, but yeah, I think Ohio State deserves to be in the college football playoff and when i say that i think they're capable of uh, playing with anybody else who's in there and, and beating them urban meyer said a friday night kenny urban meyer says championship football talent becomes equated when talent becomes equated comes down to who's more physical who can win the line of scrimmage tim may can the buckeyes win the line of scrimmage against georgia i guess we're gonna find out there you go. Uh, <laughs> i have i have I think they're capable of winning the line of scrimmage. There are all kinds of ways to win the line of scrimmage, as you well know. Mm. And uh, But I think Ohio State is quite capable of holding its on, own, whatever you pronounce that, holding its own on the line of scrimmage. Uh, but we're not going to find out until uh, January 30, or excuse me, December 31st. Let's go. Tim, we appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again maybe one more time before that game is played. All right, pal? Hell yeah, man! Call me when I'm in Atlanta. When I have more of a more of a eye to eye with that number eighty-eight on Georgia and some of those other guys, man, they are intimidating looking. That is for sure. No doubt. We'll reach out to you then. Thanks so much. There he is, one of the best right. in the business, Tim May, checking in on the hotline here from LettermanRoad.com.